Today on the Matt Wall Show, Santa Claus Sanders wants to forgive all student debt and make college free for everyone, magically. What are the problems with this idea? Well, there are too many to list, but we'll try to get through as many as we can today on the show. Also, the NBA is uh, getting rid of the term owner because that term is racist, apparently. And they're replacing that term with a new term that is the weirdest and stupidest replacement you could possibly imagine. Uh, We'll talk about that today and read your emails on The Matt Walsh Show. All right, let's start with this real quick because this is too good and I I have to play it for you right away. I just, I can't wait. Chicago police, um, well, they're going to spend the next year probably uh, embarrassing Jesse Smollett with releases and leaks and information uh, about the case. And it it, it will be and has been a well-deserved public shaming. Uh, this one is is pretty good. They released the body cam footage from when they first came to Smollett's house, and they have footage of him still with the rope around his neck, and it's it's even more absurd uh, than you imagined that it would be. Because remember that after Smollett paid the two dudes to jump him, he, uh, he, he, and, he and they put the rope around his neck, he kept the rope on like it was a necklace and just went home and waited for the cops to arrive with the with the rope still on. So here's Smollett with the rope. Any uh, any weapons or anything inside no. the apartment? Okay. So so I explained to them how you were going to get something in. And the reason I'm calling because it's not forget it. Okay. Do you want to take it off or anything? Yeah, I do. I just want to see it. Do If you want, if it's in his house, you're being audio and read. Audio, I guess when I, Okay, so can we turn it off? Yeah, you're giving us permission to shut it off. So that's that's something else, and that's a. One thing you notice about that rope is that it's a glistening white, brand new rope. Uh, this wasn't, you know, you imagine a couple of racist rednecks, uh, if they were attacking people with a rope, uh, they would grab some old dirty rope from the shed or something. This is a this is a rope that obviously someone just picked up from the hardware store like, you know, a half hour before, which is exactly what happened. But anyway, um, I tell you, now here's the interesting thing about that video. That video proves conclusively that it was a hoax. Now, we, we already knew that it was a hoax, obviously. But if you didn't know, if there was any doubt in your mind, well, you could put that doubt to rest because there is no way that two racist dudes would attack a guy who's wearing a sweater like that. Did you see that sweater? There's just Because the racist dudes would assume that a guy wearing that sweater has to be white, even if he doesn't look white. I mean, there's, there's got to be a white guy. There's no way a non-white guy would wear a sweater like that. Now, I personally, I'm not making fun of the sweater. I like the sweater uh, personally, but case in point, right? I'm one of the whitest, whitest dudes you'll ever meet. And I have very white taste. I mean, I love corny, ugly sweaters. Um, so uh, that's just the whitest sweater I've ever seen. And I'm thinking that as soon as cops laid eyes on that sweater, they said, this is fake. No way. No way. You wear a sweater like that, you're not getting attacked by racists. Just not happening. All right. Um, now, uh, a lot to talk about, including Bernie Sanders just unveiled his plan to uh, give free college to everyone. 
and to re- and to erase student debt, free college. I mean, this guy is Santa Claus, uh, just giving out free stuff to everyone. We'll talk about that in a minute. But first, a quick word from GenuCell. Do you wish that uh, you know the double chin and all that would 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 just disappear? Well, newsflash, ladies and gentlemen, people look at your jawline and it tells your age, like the like the rings of a tree. It gives away your age. Here's Robin from Lubbock, Texas. I put GenuCell jawline cream on my neck two or three days ago. This is the best my neck has looked in 20 years. People told me my face looks young. I'm blown away. Using MDL technology and uh, Chaminex's propriety base, GenuCell's brand new jawline treatment specifically targets the delicate skin around the neck and jaw for tight, healthy, younger looking skin. You can see results right before your eyes, or you get 100% of your money back. No questions asked. You either like it and it works, or you get your money back. But I don't think you're going to want your money back because this thing's going to work. Order now, and the classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness is free with your order. And to start seeing results in 12 hours or less, GenuCell um, Immediate Effects is also yours free. So you're getting a ton of stuff. No double chin, no turkey neck, no sagging jawline because no one needs to know your age. Go to GenuCell.com. That's GenuCell.com. Enter Matt25 at checkout. Get your two free gifts, free express uh, shipping, Go to GenuCell.com, enter Matt25 at checkout. That's GenuCell.com. All right, Uh, so yesterday, Bernie Sanders unveiled a plan to cancel all student debt. Cancel, just get rid of it. Like it never happened. Magical, just like that. Um, Here's from CNN. It says, the new legislation would cancel $1.6 trillion of student loan undergraduate and graduate debt for approximately 45 million people. His ambitious plan, that's one way of putting it, has no eligibility limitations and will be paid for with a new tax on Wall Street speculation. The proposal goes further than the plan previously unveiled by his Democratic primary rival, Senator Elizabeth Warren. Her debt relief package uh, was subject to income eligibility levels to determine how much relief the average person would receive. Under the Sanders plan, if you have student debt of any kind, would be canceled the second legislation is signed into law. So if you are, uh, you know, a rich doctor, um, your your debt is getting canceled just the same way that it would if you were, you know, uh, working at uh, uh, McDonald's because the degree didn't exactly do for you what you thought it would do. Either way, it's being treated the same. And this is the competition that we're going to see now between the socialists in the Democratic Party, which is basically all of them at this point, uh, whether they're professed socialists or not, the competition is someone offers free stuff and then someone else says, oh, you know what? I'll see that and I'll give you more free stuff. And then the next person, but I'll give you even more free stuff. And that's going to be, there's going to be a debate. We're going to have two debates this week, Democratic debates, um, uh, I think on NBC tomorrow night and, and Thursday. And that's really what the entire debate is going to be. My, my opponent says that he's going to give you free stuff, but I actually will give you that free stuff and also more free stuff. And that's going to be the whole, the whole argument. Now, if you think he's actually going to pay for all of this with a tax on Wall Street, you are stupid. Um, no offense. Keep in mind that he wants to forgive student debt and make college free for everyone. That's, so there's $1.6 trillion of student debt still outstanding in this country. Sanders wants to pay for that by taxing Wall Street. He says he's going to raise $2.2 trillion in 10 years 
but then he also wants to make college free for everyone forever. Well, that only leaves $600 billion to make college free for everyone forever. And it's going to cost a hell of a lot more than $600 billion. Now, $600 billion is a lot of money, but it's going to cost a lot more than that. He can't just wave his wand and make college free for everyone. These colleges are are, uh, staffed by people, administrators, professors, janitors, coaches, et cetera. These colleges have utility needs, maintenance needs. Um, Many of them have have huge stadiums to maintain. Uh, You got the dorms. I mean, just there, there are hundreds of expenses, thousands of expenses. Significant expenses go into running a college, especially a really big college. Um, All of those expenses are not going to be erased, right? Now, I think it's probably true that a lot of college administrators especially get paid um, way more than they should. But unless you're thinking of slave labor, unless you're going to force people to teach at college and work out, you got to pay them. Where's that money going to come from? Well, I'll give you the answer. The money's going to come from you and me. I totally believe that Wall Street, the the big, bad, rich people like Bernie Sanders himself, who's a millionaire, are are going to carry a a large portion of the burden, but they're not going to carry all of it. They can't. So this is going to fall on you and me. Don't fall for this Wall Street nonsense for a second. This money will come out of your pocket and mine, and there's no way around it. You know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez made a good point about all this yesterday. Um, unintentionally good. I mean, the she made the good point was the opposite of the point she was trying to make. But here she is yesterday talking about free college. Watch this. I think so much about this moment when I was in college. And... Uh, I was mentoring this girl, that this young woman, her name was Andrea. She was about three or four years younger than me. But I was about 19 years old and she was in high school. And she had gotten into all of these prestigious universities, but she was given no uh, student loan assistance, no real, she was given no um, scholarships. All of her student aid was presented to her in the form of loans. And she came from a solid middle-class family. She was not exceedingly wealthy. And, uh, and so she really, she got into her dream college, but her dream college offered her no scholarships, just loans. And she truly felt at 16, 17 years old, she felt that the decision of college was so important that she felt that she needed to consider taking on $250,000 worth of debt. Okay, so the girl, um wanted to go to her dream college, but she didn't get any scholarships. So she decided to take on $250,000 of debt so she could go to her dream college. Well, why? Did she need to take on that debt in order to go to college? See, this isn't a sob story about someone who couldn't go to any college, didn't have any money. This is, I think, uh, Cortez described her as solidly middle class, which means probably upper middle class. And uh, she wanted to go to her dream college, $250,000. There are many ways to go to college that will not cost anywhere close to $250,000. You could go to a community college for two years, transfer to a state school, and you could do it for much, 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 much less than 250 grand. She took on that debt 
because she wanted specifically to go to her dream school. But here's the thing. Your dream version of anything, dream school, dream car, dream house, dream vacation, um, is going to be extremely expensive. That's why it's a dream. Most people never have their dream anything. Most people go their whole lives and they never have their dream uh, version of any particular thing. Most people, if they ever go on their dream vacation, they, they do it when they're retired. And they have less expenses and they've saved up and that's when they do their dream thing. Uh, my dream bottle of bourbon cost $2,000 on the secondary market. I'm probably not ever going to buy that bottle of bourbon. I'm never going to spend $2,000 on a bottle of bourbon. So it remains a dream. It's just something that I can lay my head on my pillow at night and fall, fall asleep dreaming of that, uh, of that bourbon. Um, that's, that's why, again, we call it a dream. So for most people, in fact, everyone, here's the thing. We all have our dream thing, right? Our dream house, dream vacation, dream whatever. Most anyone could have their dream thing if they had the money for it. That's the situation we're all in. But most people, what they do is they realize they don't have the money for it. And so they don't buy that thing. Um, if you buy your dream thing, even though you didn't have the money for it, that's your fault. That's wasteful and honestly selfish. And that's on you. It's not on anybody else. There are, there are worst, uh, there are worse sob stories than the one that Cortez shared with us. People who are crushed by hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. Um, uh, you know, people who, people who are crushed by, by debt or maybe not hundreds of thousands, you know, generally if you're crushed by hundreds of thousands, this isn't the case for everyone, but you know, if you want to become a doctor, go to medical school. Well, that's going to, it's not about going to your dream school. It's just, you want to be a doctor. We do need doctors and you're going to take on hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. And I, I agree. That's too much. That's crazy. Uh, so I do feel for people in that position, but there are a lot of people that they want to go to that really expensive college, not because they have any particular career in mind, but just because it's prestigious. Uh, maybe that's where their rich friends are going. They want to be able to tell people they went there. Uh, they just want the experience of it. I mean, that's why a lot of people spend that kind of money on college. And so that's a sob story that just really doesn't do it for me. Um, here's, here's, here's the problem. With this student loan forgiveness stuff, the real victims are going to be the people who made responsible choices. That's Those are the real victims. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But first, I want to tell you that uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Vincero Watches. Um, no matter what you consider your style to be, quality classic wristwatch is something that I think every man needs. There are situations where you just need that. You need to class it up a bit, and you need that watch. There are always going to be occasions uh, where you want to look sharp, you want to impress, and just wearing a computer on your wrist, like an Apple watch, that's just, that's not going to impress anyone. We're partnering with Vincero, so you can get a truly stunning watch at an even more impressive price. Exclusively for our listeners, Vincero is offering 
an extra 15% off their exceptionally crafted watches. Go to VinceroWatches.com forward slash Walsh and use code Walsh to save an extra 15%. That's V-I-N-C-E-R-O, Watches.com forward slash Walsh. Walsh, and I can't even pronounce my own name, and code Walsh for 15% off. This is our this is our first time working uh, with the guys over at Vincero, and they were nice enough to send me one of their watches, which I'm uh, wearing right now, which I wear a lot, a lot, uh, very proudly. And I'm wearing the Chrono S Matte Gray. I've been wearing it all the time. People are always complimenting it. Vincero strives to be the best value in their industry, and uh, I believe they are. You're not going to find better made watches for this good of a price anywhere else. This is kind of this is it. This is where you got to go. Um, Head to Vincero's website right now, and you can read all of the five stars, over 15,000 five-star reviews, which prove the point. As I said, I'm wearing the Chrono S matte gray, but uh, Vincero has dozens of watches to choose from. I picked my top five, uh, which you can go to the website, and if you go to VinceroWatches.com forward slash Walsh, you can see my picks, and you uh, you can use that code for 15% off. These watches already look way more expensive than they are which means when you use your 50% off, you're getting one hell of a deal. Go to V-I-N-C-E-R-O watches.com forward slash Walsh and code Walsh for 15% off. Okay, so the real victims here, the real victims of loan forgiveness are the responsible people, people who made the sacrifices to actually pay their back their loans, people who've spent you know $100,000 over the last 20 years paying back those loans, paying them on time, being responsible, or people like myself who didn't go to college at all because uh, we couldn't afford it. And instead we chose a different path in life. We made sacrifices and we struggled and we made something of ourselves in spite of that. And to now just come in and erase all of that debt and especially to do it by using our money. Well, that is incredibly unjust and immoral. And I'll tell you something. If you're going to do that, I want reparations, okay? I'm lining up. Everyone's lining up for reparations. I'm lining up. I want my reparations. I, As I said, I didn't go to college because I couldn't afford it. I've been paying off my wife's loans for the last eight years, okay? Me as the person who doesn't have the college degree, I'm supporting a family of five, paying for a house, paying for two cars, paying for uh, my wife's loans as well. I want financial compensation for that. I want compensation for all of the money that I've been spending on, on my wife's loans. I want compensation for that. And I want compensation because I, I uh, for foregoing a college degree, I couldn't afford it. I didn't go. If I knew, if it was free at the time, then maybe I would have went. And so I want compensation for that. We could talk about what the compensation might be, but, uh, but look, from, as I, I've told the story before, from the ages of about 20 to 27, I was extremely broke. And um, and uh, especially from 20 to 25, and then 25 to 27 was a little bit less broke, but still pretty broke. Um, I had to make a lot of sacrifices during that time. And it took me a long time to get to the place where I am now. Well, maybe if I'd gone to college because it was free, um, I wouldn't have been as broke during those times. So I want some of that money. The money that I could have made had I gone to college, had it been free at the time, or had I known that they would just that I wouldn't have to pay the loans because they would just forgive them, um, I want that money. I want a check is what I want. Uh, that's, you know, that's only fair, right? 
you can't erase the debt of some 23-year-old who just got out of college and paid almost nothing towards it while leaving those of us who have been paying it off for a decade or more in the lurch. You just, you can't do that. We're out a ton, a ton of money, right? And, and so what then? We're just out of luck? Too bad? I'm fine with that attitude. Don't get me wrong. I know you could say, well, too bad. You know, um, you, you're out of luck. You, you, it was your responsibility. You paid it back. You made choices. Um, and, uh, you know, sorry, that's, uh, that's life. I'm here's my, here's, that's my point. If that's your answer to me, I agree. That's exactly, yes, agreed. But then that has to be the message to everybody, not just to me, not just to the people who, who have, who've put a hundred thousand dollars back into their loans, which is way more than they ever took out over 20 years. You can't just say to them, oh, you're out of luck. Hey, that's life. If that's the message to them, fine. But it's the message to everybody, including the 23-year-old who just got out of college, hasn't made any sacrifices yet, hasn't done anything. That's the thing. It's, it's hard for me to feel sorry for someone in that position. You haven't done anything with your life yet. You haven't made the sacrifices that the rest of us have made. I feel a lot more sorry for the people who've actually paid it back and are out all that money and now you're going to turn around and say, never mind, you didn't have to pay a dime? So you wasted all of that? No, those, you are, if you do that, then you're creating real victims. Because then those are people who put their own money into it. Think of all the sacrifices they had to make. Think of how different their life could have been. They're the victims now. And I'm not even thinking of myself. I've, it's only eight years we've been, we've been paying off the, my wife's loans. I mean, there have been people as, over a, who've been put a lot, who've put a lot more money into it, and made a lot more sacrifices. I'm thinking of them; they're going to be the victims, and they're real victims because they didn't choose that. Okay, they didn't choose to be screwed over by the government and Bernie Sanders at the last minute, who swoops in and says, "Never mind." And not only that, but you wasted all that money. Now we're going to take more of your money to make college free for everybody else. They're the victims. If you took out a loan and agreed and signed on the dotted line, you are not a victim. You agreed to it. Now, I, I agree. The, it's way too much money. It's ridiculous. These colleges are fleecing people. The banks are fleecing people. I agree with all of that, but it's the, the reality remains. You still signed on the dotted line. You didn't have to. And there are a lot of people out there who, um, it, 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 the reason why Again, there are exceptions. If you're a doctor or something like that, that's different. But there are a lot of people with, with just exorbitant debt who took on that debt for no reason other than they just thought it'd be cool to go to the, they, they wanted to go to the nicest college so they could simply say that they went to the nicest college so they could brag about the nice college they went to and they could be in the party scene and they could be, you know, have the best version of anything. It was just total selfishness. There are a lot of people in that position. We don't want to talk about those people. We want to pretend they don't exist. We have to cry tears, you know, for, for all of these people with all, well, you know, there, there are a lot of people who just made selfish, ridiculous decisions. They could have gone, you know, the reality is, um, you, you, and I keep saying it again, with some exceptions, uh, for a lot of people, there, there are tons of people where you, you really didn't need to go to college at all. Um, and there are a lot of jobs, you just don't need it. But then there's a whole big category of jobs where, okay, you do need the degree, even if it's sort of an artificial need, 
where the where the companies have sort of decided arbitrarily that we want to see that you have a degree, even though you don't really need the degree in order to do the job capably. But there are a lot of uh, jobs in that category. And the jobs in that category, it doesn't ma- really matter where you got the degree from. You could have gotten it from anywhere. They just want to see that you have the degree. That's all they care about. So if you spent $300,000 on college, it was, it, was a, it was a stupid decision. You didn't have to do that. You could have spent a lot less. And now you're telling me that that, that, that decision on your part, it falls on everyone else's shoulders? When they're the ones who made the more humble decision and made the sacrifice and said, you know what, I don't need the best version. I don't need to be able to brag about it. You made that decision, and so now it's everyone else's responsibility? No. Sorry, no. Definitely not. Especially when you consider that most of the people with that kind of college debt, these are upper, these are upper middle class to upper class people. Okay, there aren't a lot of... Po- Some exceptions, there aren't a lot of poor people out there with $250,000 of college debt. There aren't many in that category. Most of the people in that category are well-off and come from well-off families. And uh, and now they're whining. Uh, You know, I'm sorry. I just, (laughs) especially when you've... when you've lived life for a while, you know, you just, you, you see that this, this is just life. I mean, we all go through it. And uh, now you want me to cry for you. Uh, you know, no, I, I, I'm sorry. I can't. I, I, I could be sympathetic if you were uh, dealing with your financial struggles with dignity and not demanding that the government bail you out and not trying to steal money from other people through the government in order to solve your problems. If you weren't doing that and you were just dealing with the problem and struggling silently with dignity, then I have a ton of, ton of sympathy. I have a ton of sympathy for people in that position. But it's when you, when you try to steal, when you ask big daddy government to bail you out, um, my sympathy just drains at that point. It's gone. It evaporates. All right, let's look at this. So this woman who accused Trump of rape, um, E. Jean Carroll, I already explained yesterday why I doubt her story. I think the story is literally unbelievable, and I think she's just not a credible person, um, or she doesn't seem credible anyway. For a number of reasons, one of those reasons is that she appears to be disturbed, uh, and I, I mean that sincerely. It's not an insult or anything. I don't mean it as a joke. I mean, I, I think this woman has something wrong with her mentally. Um, and to prove my point, watch this. Victim. You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished. Which, the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not, this was not sexual. For, it just, it, it hurt. It just, what, it just, you know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent Assault. It is not. I a think most people rape. think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're just going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. <laughs> uh, no additional commentary needed there. This woman is just not right in the head. 
that that mm, that's what what else can you what can you say about that? Uh, you, I, that's that's draw your own conclusions. Just you know, watch that clip again and ask yourself if this is a woman whose word you can trust. All right. One other thing before we get to some emails. This is um, reading now from Fox News. Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, said in an interview published Monday that the league has moved away from the term owner and said they are now referred to as governors. Silver was stopped in New York by TMZ, said he is sensitive to the term owner. TMZ reported earlier that few NBA teams have dropped the term because of its racial component. And since most of the players in the league are black. Um, So, okay, so they're... They want to get rid of the term owner because most of the players are black and it supposedly brings to mind slavery, even though these men in the NBA are paid millions of dollars and are adored by legions of fans and live just an amazing life. So that, 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 that to me has, is not similar to slavery. That's when I think of slavery, I think of the exact opposite of NBA players, basically just the, when I think of slavery, I think NBA players, but the exact opposite. Someone who is in the exact opposite position in in pretty much every conceivable way. Um, So, but that's what they're saying. It brings to mind slavery, and even though we're paid millions of dollars. uh, And so now we're going to use governor instead. Uh, That, first of all, doesn't that seem much weirder and creepier to call them governors? If the owner of a company... Let's say you work for a company, because companies have owners too. Most companies have owners. If you came into work and the owner of your company showed up and demanded that everyone call him governor instead of owner, wouldn't that creep you out? Wouldn't that strike you as deeply weird and and troubling? What if you went into a store and you saw a guy who looked to be in charge and you went up to him and said, hi, sir, are you the owner? Oh, no, no, no. Call me governor. What? Why? Is, is it, yeah, just call me governor. I, I'm the governor of these. Yeah, but you're not. You're not the governor at all. You're the owner of the company. Uh, it, it's that would be weird because it's it's uh, that is a this is a classic example of taking a problem that is not a problem and solving it by creating a problem. So. Calling someone an owner when they do, in fact, own the thing, which is the team, the team, that's not a problem. Now you're calling them governor, which is just, which is so much worse. Um, what about the fact that I own my house? Is that, can I say that still? Is that racially insensitive? Can I call myself the owner of, of my house? And wait a second. Remember the psycho dude from The Walking Dead who had the eye patch? And um, it, it wasn't he called the governor? That's all I can think of when I when I think of, when I hear the term. I think of the psycho dude with the eye patch from from The Walking Dead. That's governor. Um, this is this is beyond parody. All right, let's go to emails. Matt Walsh Show at gmail.com. Matt Walsh Show at gmail.com. This is from Jack. Says hi, Matt. I enjoy your show. You've recently got into reviewing songs on your show. It seems you have a particular distaste for country rap songs. You hated Old Town Road. You're wrong about that, by the way. Uh, but what do you think of the song Get Up? Can you at least acknowledge that it's catchy? 
Well, okay, so I I hadn't heard of the song, which is not called. It's called the Get Up, by the way, not Get Up. Uh, G I T, Get Get Up. That's what it's called. I hadn't heard of the song. Somehow it escaped my notice before you mentioned it. But I went back and looked it up. It's a, it's by a guy named Blanco Brown. So now this uh, country rap, country trap, I think they call it, is a whole a whole genre now, a growing genre. Um, Old Town Road is a t- terrible song. But let's play a bit of this one so that everyone knows what we're talking about. Here's um, here's the Get Up by Blanco Brown. Yeah. Gonna do the two step, then cowboy boogie. Grab a sweetheart and spin out with him. Do the hold down and get into it. Take it to the left now and dip with it. Gonna throw down, take a sip with it. Now lean back, put your hips in it. Let's have some fun. Uh. To the left, to the left now. To the right, to the right. Now take your left hand and put it on your side. Okay, you know what? That's that's catchy. Uh, I can't deny it. That is uh, that's a catchy damn song. So, so, so see, to me, that's catchy. That's fun. That's going to be a staple in every wedding DJ's playlist for the next six hundred years. Uh, so I appreciate that. Old Town Road is garbage. There's nothing fun about it. It's not really catchy. It's just there's, there's nothing going. It's got no charm or anything. It's simply a bad song. Whereas this is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's kind of dumb, right? But it's a, it's a fun song. It's a dance song. And so, yeah, I can appreciate that. I'll, I will give that a solid B minus. And I really don't give out A pluses, so that's pretty good. I mean, that's so good that it almost makes me want to dance. Unfortunately, when I dance, I look like a praying mantis having a seizure, so uh, I won't. But it does, um, I'll I'll remain seated, but in my head, I'm dancing when I hear that song. So, all right. From Luke says, uh, hi, Matt. What is the most annoying thing people do while driving? Well, do you have five hours? Because there are so many things. Everything is annoying in life, but especially when you're driving, uh, especially for me, because I am the only good driver in the world. I don't know if you knew this. I don't know if you realize you're watching a show hosted by officially the only good driver in the world. Um, and so I sit in judgment of all other drivers. I judge you. If you're whoever you are watching this, you're a worse driver. I, I judge you. You're not good. I am a good driver. You're not. No one is a good driver but me. Um, and I come from a long line of men who are the only good drivers. My dad always claimed to be the only good driver. He still says he's the only good driver, but he can't be because I am. So I've unseated him in that position. So there are so many things that people do wrong while I drive. Um, let's start with the, with, the, with the fact that they're on the road in the first place when they're bad drivers. The road, when I, when I, I expect that when I get out on the highway, I'm, I'm going to have the highway to myself because I'm the only one who's capable of doing it as I have discovered. I'm clearly the only one who knows how to do this, so the rest of you should stay home, ride a bike or something. You could dig holes, you know, maybe dig a, an elaborate series of, of tunnels, like um, you could be like moles or something going from place to place. How about that? Just stay out of the way so that I can drive. I know what I'm doing. Um, what's the main thing people do wrong? Well, it's hard to even to point out. It kind of like, it depends on what, are we on a highway? Are we on a back road? Are we on suburb? Are we on a rural, you know, a, a, neighborhood? Are we in a parking lot? I mean, if we're on a highway, I'll tell you the the main thing people do wrong is merging. 
Uh, and what people do is they get scared, I guess, and they slam on their brakes uh, when they're trying to merge, treating it like a stop sign, or they slow way, way down. And that's not what you're supposed to do when you merge. You're supposed to speed up. You want to get with the speed of traffic. And if you slow down too much and then you try to merge, what's going to happen is that all of the people who are not, they all now they have to slam on their brakes because this, you know, this, this slow poke just dropped himself into the middle of the highway. If everyone's going 70 miles an hour and you merge going 30, you're going to kill people. Speed up to merge. If you don't know how to do this, then stay. That's all I'm saying. If you don't know how to do it, then stay home. It, that, that is, it's real simple. They need to put this stuff on the driving test. That's what they, I mean. The driving, what, I, I don't know how the driving test works now, I guess, but um, it, it, here's how it, and tell me if it's changed. The way it worked for me is uh, we went around in a circle a couple of times. We went, we ran around like a few cones and then we parallel parked. And for me, when I for the driving test, the parallel parking was the star attraction. It was the main thing. It's the main way people failed their test. How stupid is that? You could go your whole... Now, it's true that most people don't know how to parallel park, and that's a problem. And again, I'm the best parallel parker. But uh, I could do it in three turns, no problem. Um, but you could go your whole life and never parallel park. You can avoid parallel parking if you're bad at it. It's it, Even if you live in the city, you could probably get away with avoiding it. Um, well, maybe not in that case, but most people can get can go their whole life uh, and and never parallel park, but uh, or at least not have to parallel park in a really tight space. Uh, you know, a lot of people can avoid that. Merging onto the highway, though, that's something that you do most. A lot of people do every day, multiple times a day. So why doesn't the driving test involve stuff like that? Things that actually are a crucial part of everyday driving, and things that, by the way, if you do wrong. You could kill someone. If you parallel park wrong, you're just going to bump someone's fender. Um, but if you do these other things wrong, someone could die. And so that's why that stuff should be on the driving test. Although, again, everybody in the world should fail their driving test, except for me. All right. This is from, uh, let's see. This is from Sarah. Says, I... I was never a mother myself, but I've been watching a step-grandchild quite often. She's five months old now, and I feel guilty when her only issue clearly is exhaustion and she won't fall asleep. Is it okay to let her cry it out? I feel like someone who has raised multiples can answer this question better than most. God bless you. Uh, a lot of interesting questions today. I'm like a lot of random questions that have nothing to do with anything. And I say that as a, and I appreciate that, by the way. I mean that. Um, yeah, crying it out. You know, I... I think a, a, a problem with parenting these days is that, first of all, everything is controversial. Everything you do as a parent, there's going to be someone who says it's abusive and terrible. You're an awful parent. Um, so the, you know, you'll, you'll, whatever you do, you'll be judged for it. And we're always like coming up with labels and terms and strategies and things. Are, are you a this kind of parent or that kind of parent? Do you cry it out or not cry? Cry it out. We call it the cry it out method. It's it's not a method. It's a it's not a it's not a type of parenting. It's it's nothing special. It's a very simple thing, which is, if you put a baby down to bed, and he starts crying, 
Well, you're going to go check on the baby, make sure that everything's okay, uh, that he's safe, and uh, it, I mean, does he need to be changed? Uh, does he is he hungry? You know, uh, you'll make sure that all his needs are met, that he's safe, that everything's fine. But if he keeps crying, which sometimes babies will do, even though all their needs are met, everything's fine. They're just they're crying because they're tired. Babies will cry when they're tired, and then. Um, because babies are babies, they don't understand that when you cry, now you're just keeping yourself awake. You're, you're exacerbating the problem. So just stop crying and then you could fall asleep. And in that situation, then, yeah, I think you just, maybe you just let the baby alone for a few minutes, let it, let the baby cry and he'll usually pass out and go to sleep in a few minutes. That's the cry it out method. It boggles my mind that there are people. So my answer to you, Sarah, is I see nothing wrong with it. Um, there are people out there say, oh, you could never do that. Never let him go. What? So you never let the baby cry in his crib ever? What? So every time he cries, even if all his needs are met, you just go and get him up. Every time. You, don't, you won't even let him cry for 20 seconds? That's crazy to me. I mean, how could you function as a human being that way? And if you do that, your baby's never going to learn to sleep. There are a lot. I, I'll tell you something. We've had, we've had three kids so far. We got fourth on the way. We did do multiples. We had twins. We had we had we got two infants at one time. So we've been through it. Um, and with all of our kids, and it's only three so far, but uh, they've all been pretty good sleepers. And they all sleep through the night and just and like we we get them to the point where they're sleeping through the night in a few months. And you hear from these parents that uh, you know their kids are like one and a half, two years old. They're still not. They're still waking up in the middle of the night. They don't sleep. They don't sleep. Uh, we don't have that problem, and I think one of the reasons is that this is this is the method we we use, which is kids crying. We meet we meet their needs. If their needs are met and they're safe, we let them cry, not for six hours, but but just for a little bit until they fall asleep. And usually they will, and they learn to sleep. And uh, and so we have kids who sleep. It's amazing. It's great. Um, well, I think a lot of parents uh, they they cause. They end up with kids who never learn how to sleep because you never give them a chance. So yes, uh, I I am an advocate for the cry it out method. And I know that by saying that, I have just invited hundreds of emails from people horrified. You let your child cry. How could you do that? I never let my child cry for one minute. Now, he'll be traumatized. Your child will, will remember, when your child is 30 years old, he'll remember the time when he was two months old and crying and you never came. He'll be in therapy talking about it. You monster. Those are the emails I'm going to get. All right. Uh, so I can't read anymore. Every email I've read so far has just set me off on a deranged rant. So I think I need to stop reading them before I have a, a heart attack live on camera, which would be interesting and probably would get a lot of views. Maybe I should consider that, but not today. So we'll leave it there. Thanks for watching, everybody. Godspeed. Bernie Sanders proposes that taxpayers pay off every single student loan in the country. We will explain how student loan forgiveness is welfare for the rich. Then the woman accusing President Trump of rape describes rape as sexy. Finally, the United States might go to war with Iran. We'll explain it all on The Michael Knowles Show.